Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. I'm going to I'm going to start a new series. Who's enjoyed this series um, that we preached uh, on the on the Bible? Who got something out of that? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I got something out of it as I was preparing. Oh, okay, I understand what's going on. This is a different one to the normal one. Uh, it's okay. I'm just wondering why I can't get my phone in the right spot. This is not fitting anywhere. So anyway, it's all right. Is this the one I normally use? It is. Rachel's like, you're crazy, Ryan. She, she's, anyway, whatever. Praise God. How you got here is the... Uh, the title of this sermon, How You Got Here, or this next series. Um, and uh, the, the, the reason I've titled it this is, I, uh, hey, you like the artwork? Oh, this is a different one. Oh, well, that's amazing artwork. Okay, we got some new art, artists in the house. So I'll, I'll introduce them next week when we got the title. Uh, what they've done, all right, but how you got here, the reason I'm titling it this is because, you know, a lot of the time in life, we think that what got us to where we are right now will be what gets us to the next point that God has for us. You know, all of your experience, all of the stuff that you carry um, maybe some of the wisdom that you picked up along the way, maybe some of the behaviors of others that you are kind of going, I'm not going to be like that, I'm going to do this. There's a lot of stuff that has got you to where you are right now. A lot of experience. Maybe some of those experiences are negative. Maybe some of those experiences are good. Um, maybe some of the wisdom that you carry is amazing. Maybe some of it's a bit reactionary. You're like, you've just reacted to circumstances in your life that you've seen in the past and you're afraid to go there again, so you are trying to do things differently. There's a lot of stuff that we carry that has got us to where we are right now in life. And uh, not all of it's bad, but Jesus has this way of dealing with the stuff that we don't, need anymore in order for us to go to where he wants us to go um, he's going to give you direction who believes that Jesus will give you direction I mean that's part of the reason why we're here as a church is we want every person to be living out their calling their destiny what is the reason you were put on this earth and I believe that that answer is found in Christ that's found in God but you know, when he gives you that calling um, and he's going, okay, you're here right now and I want to take you here. I want to go, I want you to go across from here to there. Well, it's that journey where we begin to realize that we are carrying stuff that is not needed for the journey anymore. And it's those things that Jesus wants to deal with because those things will actually t chain you back to your past. They'll actually tie you back. You won't be able to go forward into what God has for you. So Jesus has this way, 
And I'm going to go through that way of kind of getting this stuff out of us. And today I'm going to be talking about um, a story that you may have heard of. And it was where this actual thing happened, where we can see it happening in someone's life in the Bible. Um, uh, my, my, my subheading of today's title is where, what, how you got here. I mean, that's the, that's the title. But the subtitle is this, immeasurably more than you asked. Okay? Immeasurably more than you asked. Why is that my subtitle? Uh, it's based on this scripture I'm about to read you from Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 to 21, and this, this scripture ties in with this entire um, series that I'm going to be preaching on. Uh, let's, let's read it. Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more, everybody say immeasurably more. That was okay. Immeasurably more. Immeasurably more. Good. Then all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, so, so just, just get this, according to His power that is at work within you, that's, that's really important to notice because oftentimes when we're reading our Bible or when we're approaching God, we're approaching Him from the, from the, from the, from the aspect or from the place where we think it's our strength where we think it's us having to, to be stronger, it's us having to conjure up everything that we need in order to have victory. You know what I'm saying, right? But um, you're going to find that in Jesus, He is going to be constantly taking you away from your strength and showing you actually how weak you are in order to show you how strong He is. Okay? And um, that's, that's really, really, really important to note. And by the way, just before I move on, Rohan, great communion message. Everyone give Rohan a clap. That was, that was brilliant. Good word, man. Good on you. And uh, yeah, it's awesome to hear someone say that, uh, you know, they've been reading the Bible and, and uh, meditating on a bit more this week. And that's awesome. I'm encouraged by that. Um, so, so according to his power, back to this, that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever Amen. Now, now I just want to focus in for a second on this immeasurability of what God does. The immeasurability, immeasurability of what God does. Now, this is important to note. You know, you know when, you, when you can measure something, it gives you a sense of control. When you can measure something, it gives you a sense of control. Um, there are people... Uh, whom we look to for, for, for leadership in times uh, that, that have the ability to read and measure certain things and give us uh, 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 the, the direction of what we need to do in order uh, to not get hurt for the upcoming events. So say if we lived next to a volcano, there would be a team of scientists who measure the seismic activity of that volcano. So they measure, they read every day, is the ground shaking more than it did yesterday? Is the ground increasingly, you know, becoming increasingly unstable? Is it going up? Is it going up? And they know by, because of the, the 
the, the, the um, historical data that they have that they've measured from the past that a volcano does certain things just before it's about to burst open and, and push forth all of, that, all of that lava. They know because they've measured it. So therefore, the people that they tell have a sense of control over the events that are about to happen. Um, you know, they didn't have those kind of abilities back in Pompeii. Who knows? Who's, who's, who knows about Pompeii? Where just suddenly this volcano just erupted and this whole town just got swallowed in lava and now they are all museum pieces, <laughs> right? You can see, I've seen, I've seen um, this uh, traveling museum of, of what happened at Pompeii and there's this lady who's just frozen in time who was trying to get away and just frozen in time because she had no way to know what was about to happen because at that time, volcanoes were in immeasurable force. Now we can measure it, so they get everyone out, they evacuate everyone, and just in Hawaii there's been one, right? And they evacuated, they said, get out of here right now, it's about to go, and they got everyone out, right? If you can measure it, you can control it to some degree. You can at least control the outcomes. You know, um, what was the year? Was it, 2000 and, was it 2006 that the floods happened here in Mumbai? Ever since that day, you know, Rachel got trapped in a car that day. I don't know if you know that. She got trapped in a car. She was on her way somewhere. And uh, her, 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 uh, her uh, or she had this friend. That but was she was rescued, fortunately. Now, ever since that day, whenever it starts raining like it does today... What's the first thing everyone does? They're like, okay, I'm going to read the tidal chart and I'm going to read the, the weather chart. I'm going to see how much it's raining. But also in this city, we know, because you're a Mumbaiker, that you've got to watch out for the tide. The tide's up and it's raining heavily. Don't go out. I mean, you guys did anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there's a few empty seats today because people are like, I've read the tide charts, the tide's up, the rains are falling, I'm staying home. I'm watching Netflix. It's time to watch Netflix, okay? <laughs> you know, but the rest of you are brave and you're like, no, I'm coming out. I don't want to watch this on, on Instagram, but I'm proud of you, who, you guys who have logged in. But, um, <laughs> okay, so uh, um, we, we measure the tides. We measure the weather patterns. Therefore, we have a sense of control. You understand? But... It gets a little scary and a little unpredictable when God gives you a scripture like this where we go, wow, I want the immeasurability or the immeasurable factor of God. I want that. Who wants that? It's like, I want immeasurably more than I asked for. Bring it on, baby. I want it. I want it. No, you don't. Just think about it. When you can't measure it, you don't know what's going on. You have no control. You understand? So when God gives you immeasurably more than you ask for, you find yourself in situations where you're saying stuff like, I didn't ask for this. I, I, I don't want this. I didn't sign up for this, God. This is hard. <coughs> this is way more than I asked for. It's like, yes, it is. In fact, it's immeasurable. What I'm doing in your life, says the Lord, is immeasurable. You can't control it. You understand? You cannot control what God is doing in your world. Because he's given you more than you can imagine. 
more than you can think of, more than you can ever know. <laughs> now, when you can't control it, when you can't measure it, when you don't know what's happening next, what is the emotion that you feel? Who feels anxious at that point in time? Who feels fearful at that point in time? Who's feeling positive about the future when things are out of your control? Anybody? Nope. Maybe some of you, but generally, uh, that is not the case. Generally, when, when, when we get into this place where things are uncontrollable, the first thing that happens is anxiety. The first thing that happens for me as a human being is I feel scared. I, I, get, I, I, I get down. I get, I get really melancholic where I'm like, I don't know what's going to... And, and I, I, just, I start to... I, my, my personality, I start to go into my cave and kind of hide a little bit and like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's, I don't know what's going on. I'm really scared and, and I need to talk it through with somebody. You know, I need to have a chat with someone and I need to tell them all of my you know, my stuff that I'm feeling in my heart and I'm like, oh, you know. And you, this way we need to make sure if you're like me, that we have good people that can speak back into our lives, not just people are like, yeah, you're right, yeah, yeah, that person, yeah, they are such a, they are such a piece of dirt, yeah, yeah, it's true. No, you need to cut them out. And, you know, it's all like, dude, like, you need to make sure you've got good, wise counsel. That's why we're here as a church, right? And uh, I, I, I've had, I've learned since, you know, the last few years that how important that is as we, as you go into things that you can't control, you need good advice. But, but, but I'm, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is the fear, the anxiety, that the uncontrollable, immeasurable things of God and how we need to deal with that. And it actually is um, something that God uses in order to get us into a place where we realize that we are not in any sense, in any control. We have to get to this place. The moment you can get to the place where you are, are, are in, 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 in total awareness of the fact that you do not have control over what is about to happen in your life, it's a good moment. It's a moment of freedom. Now, I'm not saying this, that we need to go, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not going to plan. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to sit at home, you know, see what, come what may. You know, that's not what I'm saying. Okay, that's not what I'm saying. We still need to make plans. We still need to have our ambitions. We still need to move forward in life. That's not what I'm saying. But, but, but there's this thing in our heart that we think we're, as we push forward that we are in control because we're doing all of these things. And what God will begin to do if you are in that place is that he will begin to do things where you will start to realize, I'm not in control. Right? You know, I'm, I'm not in control. Oh my gosh, who's, who knows what I'm doing? You're like, I'm not in control. And, and there's this fear. And there's this anguish. And there's this anxiety. And then we start to kind of get down on ourselves. And we, oh, you know, I'm you know, this, and I'm not that, and oh, I don't know what to do, and therefore, I'm, we start to do all of these things, and, and we start to clutch and grab at something that will at least give us a feeling of control. And, and, and <clears throat> I think with human beings, this is where we, we start to grab at stuff that is insufficient to actually, it, it says this will give you control, but it's a lie. 
You know, this is how people become dependent on stuff that, that, that is bad for them, like maybe, you know, alcohol or something, certain types of substances because they, they're clutching for control when they're out of control and they don't know what to do. Give me something. I've just got to get something here. Or they, 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 they're clutching at, you know, I've seen it in, 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 we've got some single people here. You've got to be so careful because I've seen it. I've been, I've been married 10 years, but before I got married, one of the weaknesses I had was to clutch at the wrong person because of what I was feeling in my heart. And uh, that's so dangerous. It's so dangerous. You've you got you to gotta make sure that God is in on it. And how do you do that? Well, you, you, you get advice. You get people around you who aren't emotionally attached like you. You listen to them. You know, is, what do you think? What do you think of this person? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Well, oh, don't talk to me. You know, that's often what we do because we our emotions. But we have to, we have to understand that us human beings, we are weak. We, we don't have the ability to all the time to make the right decisions. We need to understand that we are not in control. And, and we need to be very aware when we are starting to reach beyond into things that in order to get control and, and in those moments just go, okay, hold on a second. Do those things actually, really, actually bring any control into my world? Are they making my life better or are they making it worse? Oftentimes we'll find... They are making your life worse, and they're not giving what they offer, right? I'm not saying that you shouldn't have a relationship if you're single. Um, I am praying for every single person in this church. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm praying. The other day, I found myself, I woke up at like some crazy time in the morning, and I was like, man, we have just got so many single people in our church. Oh, my God. I started to like, God, in Jesus' name, I pray for a husband for every one of the girls and a wife for every one of the guys. And uh, I, I just feel like I'm believing for that. I can see it. Anyone want to claim that with me? Come on now. It's all right. We, I want to see it. I, I just want to see it because, I, you know, I, I want to see families growing and, and, and homes expanding. And uh, I know that that is a big part of how... We are going to reach this city with the love of Christ is when we've got homes that are just permeating the love of Christ out of them. Yeah. Marriages that are healthy and intact and amazing. And people will come and go, what is this? There's something amazing about this. And I want everybody to experience that. How did I get on that? I am totally off, off track. just been a pastor. I really do pray about that. We see this moment in the New Testament where we see Jesus at work in Peter. Okay, I'm going to talk about Peter today. Now, all throughout, if you were to just do a study on Peter in, in the New Testament, and you study, and you, ask, you, you study it with this question in mind, what was God trying to teach Peter? Okay, you'll learn something, and, and sometimes you can do this to study the Bible. Just grab a character out of the Bible. I grabbed Peter this week in preparation for this sermon and said, "What is it that God was trying to teach Peter?" Okay, 
and you'll see it in this story that you've probably heard about. Um, it's the story of where Jesus walks on water, okay? Um, and you see Peter mentioned a few times. One of the things that Jesus was teaching Peter was he was teaching Peter his weakness, okay? He was teaching Peter his weakness. And oftentimes we hear this story kind of preached like, you know, if you want to walk on water, if you want your miracle, you've got to step out of the boat, you know? And yeah, that's a good sermon. I could preach that and you would go home and feel encouraged. But there's more to this story than just that. There's way more. And uh, I, I just want to read it out to you and then preach. Is, is that okay? Can I do that? All right. Now, to give you the background on this, Jesus had just gone and fed the 5,000 people with a few loaves of fishes. Um, and he had sent the crowd away after feeding them. It's night time, right? It's night time. He sends off his disciples across he says go across the lake okay um, that lake is a pretty big lake I think it was around about four miles across that's a big lake um, so it's big enough to get waves and get a bit choppy if there's wind and weather and it's and it's totally exposed so so it's pretty rough out there if things go wrong okay so Jesus says I'm not going to come with you but I want you to go across the lake and he goes up and prays up a mountain for a while the reason he's gone to pray is because he is still grieving um, the the death of his cousin John the Baptist who is most likely his best friend he had just been beheaded and we see Jesus just kind of going into recluse and just praying and I think that was how Jesus was dealing with his grief of his the loss of his cousin right so, so he sends them off. They're going across the lake. And uh, let's pick it up uh, from verse 22. Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go in ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. Okay, that's the crowd he just um, fed. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from land buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. I want you to get this. Verse 25, shortly before dawn. Okay, get this. He sent them out when it had just gotten dark. Jesus is having like an all-night prayer meeting by himself, okay? Which sounds awesome. I wish I could have been a part of that. Shortly before the sun, like the sun is starting to come up, okay? And these guys are still out, haven't crossed the four-mile lake. So four miles across water, it should have taken them about half an hour to get across. Half an hour, maybe an hour to get across if they caught the wind. They're still out. They've been out there all night. Things have gone real, 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 real bad for them, okay? When the dis Okay, so shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, this is where things get crazy, walking on the lake. Okay? It's not a usual day. And ever since I've read this scripture, every body of water, like a pool, or a little puddle, or anything, I'm like, man, I just I should try. <laughs> Hands up if you tried. Yeah. It's like, maybe, Jesus, I'm the chosen one to walk upon this water, just like Peter fail miserably every time, okay? But here's Jesus walking on the lake. <laughs> I love the reaction. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. 
you know, I can't do it justice, you know, to how they would have screamed <laughs> when they saw this. I mean, they're tired, they're delirious, they've been out on a lake all night, the sun's starting to come, and then, then they see, it's a ghost! <laughs> okay? They're like, freak out! Your voice, like, you know, really loud. I'm not going to hurt your ears by trying to reenact it, but I am tempted to, but I'm not going to do it. But Jesus... He immediately says to them, take courage, it's I, don't be afraid, okay? Now, Peter, here's Peter, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come out in the water, okay? Come, he said to Peter. Then Peter, he got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink cried out to the Lord, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith. He said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, lo and behold, the wind dies down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, oh my gosh, you, you really are God. Okay? This was a moment where they recognized that they were with God himself. Now let's just think about this for a moment. Jesus had told them to go across the lake. He had told them where they need to go. And then a storm comes up. A storm that is so bad that they cannot control it. And the thing that they are in, the disciples and Peter, the thing that they are in is insufficient to get them to where they need to go. What they had used in order to get where God had told them to go was insufficient. It wasn't capable. The boat that got them on the water was not able to get them where they had been told they need to go. This is important. This is important because the moment that Peter stepped out of the boat was a key moment because I'll tell you something. Uh, don't get me wrong here, but I believe that it was Peter's faith, his own belief in Christ at that point that got him onto the water. It was everything that he had within him already, his own revelation of Christ and what Jesus had revealed to him so forth, so far, that enabled him to step out of the boat and onto the water. It was like stand on water. That was his faith. That was, that was his abilities. That was, uh, that was what he knew so far. But Jesus wanted to give him so much more. See, I believe that Jesus was intentional in getting Peter out of that boat. Because listen, he stepped out of his boat. The moment he stepped out of the boat, he realized 
that things were out of control because God suddenly removed his crutch. God suddenly removed his measuring instrument. See, see, there's this key scripture. You've got to see it, okay? It's, um, it's verse 30, okay? Well, just 29, he says, Jesus has come, then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind... Now, just think about that. Can you see wind? Anyone, anyone seen wind? If you have, you probably shouldn't have. Okay? You don't see wind. You can see the effects of wind. You can see what wind does. Now, just picture this. You know when you don't notice something until you notice it? And then when you notice it, you've noticed it? <laughs> I'm being silly, but... This is Peter, he doesn't notice the wind. Why doesn't he notice the wind? Why doesn't he notice the wind? He's in a boat. I've got my little safety net here. I've got my little backup plan here. I've got my little crutch going on here. And uh, he can't see the danger he's actually in. He can't see how out of control it actually is. Right? It wasn't until he stepped out of the boat that he realized, oh, he saw the boat. See, see, I used to do a bit of scuba diving, you know, like where you dive underwater in Australia and diving and all of that sort of stuff. One of the things that happens when the wind comes and you jump out of a boat is the boat goes that way and you go that way because the boat gets blown away. So the moment, I, this is what would have most likely happened. Peter steps out of the boat and he sees the boat's like drifting further from him than he expected. He's like, oh, whoa, the boat's like far, okay? And then he sees, because the wind's coming at them, they're trying to go into the wind, right? The wind's coming at them and he's seeing the boat like going up this wave because the wind's coming out and it's causing these waves. And he sees himself down in the valley of the wave where the waves begin. He sees the boat up the top and he's like, oh my gosh, I am totally out of control. But the fact is this, he was already out of control. You think that boat was going to save them? They were done for. All Jesus did was remove his crutch and put him in a place where he said, you want to play in my domain, Peter? You want to come out into the wild with me? You want to live your purpose and everything that God's got for you? Let me tell you something, Peter. All of those little things that you grab and hold on to, they mean nothing. And they will do nothing for you because what's got you here will not get you to the things of God. Come on, I need someone to preach with me. What's got you to this place, the stuff that you're carrying, will not get you into the things of God. And God will bring you to a place where you realize it. Oh my gosh, and it is the scariest thing. See, it's okay to see Jesus from your pretend safety vessel. Wow, Jesus is walking on the water. Can I join you, Jesus? Wow, I can see what they're doing now. I knew them before they knew Jesus. I knew what a wretch they were. I knew what they were up to. I know that person. I know what they're really like. You know, I hear this sometimes. You, know, you don't know them. They're just a twit. 
you know? I, I, you know, like it's like when you go and speak to someone's brother or sister, you know, or, or their mother who's a little bit negative or whatever, and they're like, you know, you're, you know, my son or, you know, my brother, he's got you fooled, man. He's got you completely fooled. Go outside and stand in the rain and look up at the sky. That's where God is. <clears throat> Get, get outside of all the controls of Bombay and all of your light switches and, you know, your, your ACs and your cars and your, 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 your smartphone and press a button and a car comes with a man in it to pick you up. Get outside of that environment and just go and stand in and, and give up everything that gives you control and go and stand there and say, okay, this is where God has control. And, and that is the domain of God. That is the native environment of God is free of any crutch, free of any control. And, and I, I want you to know this, what got Peter onto the lake that night was the boat, was his own strength, was his own abilities, was what he could do. What got the disciples out onto that lake that night was, was his own abilities, was everything that they knew. Okay, you want to get across the lake, you get in the boat, that's what we know. Okay, but what was going to get Peter and the disciples to where Jesus had told them to go was God. Some of y'all didn't hear that. What got Peter onto the lake that night was the boat. But what was going to get Peter and the disciples to where Jesus had told them to go was God. What got you here may be your abilities. Maybe what you can do. Maybe what you're good at. Maybe all the stuff that you can do in life. But let me tell you something. To get where God has told you, where you need to go, the only way that is possible is God. Here's why this is important. Because we come to this place where we realize our insufficiency and we get really scared. Just like Peter we see the wind. We see the uncontrollability. We see the things and we, we realize we have gotten way more than we asked for. And it is immeasurable. And we cannot do anything to measure it. We cannot do anything to predict it. We don't know what God is doing. We don't know what He's about to do. We don't know how He's going about it. We don't know what He's saying. We don't, we can't, we're opening the Bible. We're trying to look for something. We're trying to look for someone. We're trying to do something and it's totally out of control. And we go, God, where are you? And in that moment, when, 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 when we realize that we are out of control, what does Jesus do? Well, he does it just like what he did with Peter. He reaches down, he reaches down to Peter. Just give me a hand. It's okay, stay there. He reaches down to Peter. Now, he, listen to this. This is the graciousness of God. Okay? He sees Peter where he's at. He's got Peter by the hand. Peter's safe. But at the same time, he's calling out what needs to change in his world. Hey, Peter, where's your faith? You have little faith. And he pulls him up. You can sit up, thanks. You have little faith, Peter. What, 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 what are you doing? Can you see it, Peter? Can you see it? You're not in control, are you, Peter? It's all you. 
And this is why all of the disciples, it wasn't just because Jesus was able to calm the storm that made them realize that, 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 that he was God. It was the moment they realized that they were completely insufficient. They had been in a boat all night and I reckon Jesus had meant it to happen. He had prolonged that storm so, and he had stayed up on that mountain and he had waited until it was such a time that it would be right, that this object lesson would be right for them. Where he could reach in and say, okay, you guys are so out of control. You are so stranded. You are so outside of your normal comfort zone right now. I know it. You want to see a miracle? Yes, God, I want to see a miracle. Step out of the boat. You know, come out. You, you, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Okay, I'm stepping out of the boat. And we step out of the boat and we let go of that addiction. We let go of that stuff. We let go of that relationship. We re- let go of that, that stuff in our past. We forgive that person and we, 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 we try to change stuff in our life and we try to do all of the good things that, that the Bible is trying to do, tell, telling us to do. We step out of the boat and we do everything in our own strength to get into that place and then we realize... I'm out of control. We see the wind and we get afraid. But you need to remember something. In that moment, Jesus has meant it to be. He is right there with you and it is that moment, it's that critical moment where you've got to see his hand and where he's calling you out of the past, he's calling you out of your, the way you used to deal with stuff, he's calling you out of the way you used to do it. He's saying, you of little faith, now come on, you've got to see me right now. And the disciples, it says here, it says that, that and when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down, then those who were in the boat, they worshipped him saying, truly. Oh my gosh. Oh, wow, you are God. You, you, you just changed everything. And it's that moment, and I, I know what this feels like. I've had this happen. It's that moment when you realize that God is God is the moment you are so humbled and almost embarrassed about every bad thing you've thought. Like, you're like, oh God, I'm sorry I ever doubted you. I'm sorry. And you bow down in your face and say, I am, man, God, you are God, and I need you so bad. That's the moment. That's the moment. It's not you. It's not everything you can do. It's not all the stuff you can keep pulling out of your bag that, you know, I did this once or I've done this is how you You're going to come to a point where none of that works. Well, all you've got is him, where he is your lifeline. And when that moment happens, get ready. Maybe some of you are in that point right now. You're like, I'm so far out. Unless God saves me, unless something happens, unless there's a miracle, I'm done for. I want to encourage you, do not reach to the other things. You know, Peter could have run back. He was trying to swimming back to the boat. If things had have kept on going like they were, that boat would have capsized. All of the disciples would have been out on the water and wouldn't have made it across and may have drowned that night. But because he reached for Jesus and because Jesus met him in his weakness, just like he wants to meet you in his weakness, in your weakness, a miracle greater than anything happened.
and they got back out on the, onto the boat and the storm subsided. Let me tell you something. Jesus will bring about events into your life. He'll use things. He'll use your story so far. He's the grand weaver of stories. He's the grand weaver of your story. He's going to, good or bad, the stuff that comes to you in your world, he's going to use it to bring you to this place where you know it's him that is God. And when you ultimately give up everything, say, God, I give you control. And before you know it, you're in the wild and you're surviving. You're doing way more than you ever thought you could. You're growing. People around you are going, what is going on with you? You didn't used to react like that. You didn't used to do that. You're different now. What is going on with you? Who are you? And it, it once would have been when people said, oh, you know, I've been doing this and I've been doing that. You know, It's not that anymore. It's like, I don't mean to sound self-righteous, but it's him. I, you don't understand how out of control I was. You don't understand what situation I was in. You don't understand how bad it got. Somehow, he rescued me. Amen? So, what are your underlying doubts, assumptions? What are your backup plans? See, that's what Jesus was trying to bring out of Peter. He was making Peter aware of his underlying doubt. And the underlying doubt was fed by his crutch, the boat. He wanted to get Peter out of the boat, get Peter out of his safety environment, get Peter out of his situation, get him totally out on the water, totally out into the wild, so Peter himself could see his underlying doubt. And in that moment, that's why he says, Peter, why did you doubt? And Peter realizes, oh, I didn't realize I had doubt. You know, this is why God takes you through some stuff that's challenging, because it's the only way that's going to bring up the stuff that's way down in the depth of your subconscious that you don't even know is there. You know, there's stuff in us that we don't even know is there that is controlling our direction. And God is going to, he, he's going to bring you to a place where that, all that stuff that you actually do really actually believe, even though your brain up here may think, oh, you know, I don't believe that, but it's, it's in these situations, these moments where you're like, uh, uh, where you become pragmatic, you become realistic, I'm going to die, you know, like Peter, it's like realistically, I'm going to die right now, okay? Why do you doubt? That's where God got him. Why did he doubt? Because he thought it was going to come from him. He thought he was the strong one. He's the weak one. The only strong one is him. It's God. We are weak vessels. Just go and walk through a hospital. You'll see how weak we are. Go and walk through a graveyard. You'll see how weak we are. For all of their positive thoughts and all of their stuff and mantras and this and that and this and that. I'm telling you, weak. There's only one that is strong. There is only one that was able to rise again. And it's Jesus. Jesus deliberately put Peter in this place to bring out his doubts, his fears, his limitations, so that they would no longer determine his future. Jesus, <clears throat> Jesus is going to bring you to a place where he deals with your doubts, where he deals with your limitations, 
where he deals with your weakness so that they do not have any call on your future. And it's hard. It's terrible. It's scary. You'll think you've seen a ghost. But let me tell you something. That ghost most often is God. Amen. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at c3mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi.